Okay, back and better than ever, obviously. So, uh, addressing a few things. So yesterday, shit kind of went off the rails with uh, streaming and recording and uploading. So technology became the fucking the devil yesterday. Usually, how technology goes when you're trying to do something creative gets in the way of your creative space. I should say. So I apologize for the clunkiness. I put out one part of the podcast yesterday. All right, that was probably my fault. Um, today, I'm going to put out the version that doesn't have the front end cut off because the podcast starts with me just cursing up a storm. Uh, a lot of a lot of goddamns, a lot of Jesus Christs in there, some cursing, um, and there's no intro or anything, so it sounds kind of wonky. So I'm gonna I'm in the process of downloading that whole clip and editing it, ed editing editing it out. Still said it wrong. And um, getting that out there just so because there's a lot that happened in the beginning and it all got cut off because, again, technology. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was fun. Frocon, appreciate he's an old friend. For those of you who don't know, my man Connor, old friend from uh, back home, stuck around, hung in there for the most part the whole time, asked questions. And, uh, you know, we just had a good conversation. It wasn't a voice you could hear. It's me talking to him because he's typing to me because I was live on Twitch. But that's who I was talking to the whole time. And um, I wouldn't say that's our first guest, but it's the closest one so far. So don't forget to use the... You can go to my link tree that has the booking link. There's also a Calendly Calendly link that's on there to book your spot. We can go over how it all goes and um, move forward. So... Apologize for yesterday. It was a little unprofessional, but we're working out kinks. This is like my 12th, 13th episode, some shit like that. So we're working out the kinks still, getting things moving in the right direction, and we're still having fun. That's the best part of this whole thing. I said it a lot, I said it a lot yesterday because Connor kind of kept asking me about it, but this is the best part of the whole thing. It's just having fun, being creative, and um, making it kind of what I, making it exactly what I think it should be, which is laid back, kind of rumbles around a little bit in the wind little tumbleweed in the wind action and just seeing where this tumbleweed ends up. So um, with that being said, we're going to move into our new section. I wouldn't say a new section, but topic of the day, topic du jour. Uh, It's the soup of the day. What's the soup du jour? It's the soup of the day. A couple things, actually. One of these is a work-related thing, and I know work can... provide a lot of content and I don't mind talking about it. Um, it's, you know, it, we all spend, if you're not a deadbeat, we all spend eight to 10 hours at work every day. So that doesn't leave a lot of time for anything else during the week. So I, it would make sense that, you know, there's a lot to talk about when you're at work, but I'm going to preface this by saying, I love what I do. I think it's the, I, the job I have now is fucking awesome. Uh, I have a. It lets me use my responsibility and the people that entrust me with the responsibility. I haven't broken their trust yet. Basically, is what it is. Like I always know I'm a responsible one, especially when it comes to work and the Air Force and military stuff. Because you know we're the military, we have to be serious. Um, they give me the freedom to fuck around and have a good time because I think they're starting to learn. Like, all right, I can have a good time and fuck around, but I'm also enforcing rules at the same time because much like this podcast the way i run the office is kind of loose if you look at it from the outside you're like this guy's not doing anything but what it comes down to 
what it comes down to for me is respect. If they respect me and they respect what I'm doing, then they're not going to do anything that's disrespectful to the office, to me, to anybody that's around. So if you looked at it and you come in the office one day, if you just had a a fly on the wall moment, you'd be like, this is out of control. But when I speak, they listen. Um, When I tell them things that are important, they take it seriously. And then we joke around about it after. And they've all they've all been good. Like I haven't had we've had some people come back from deployments and stuff, so they're I'm still getting to like integrate with them and see how they operate, but for the most part, I mean it's been fucking smooth. Like these are all good people, and I enjoy going to work every day. Like I don't dread going to work. I look forward to going to work as much as someone can look forward to going to work can look. So, 51% of me doesn't want to go to work. Actually, 49% of me doesn't want to go to work, but it's that 51 that the whole military controls and you know, you have to make money and shit. That's the part of me that wants to go. But I, uh, it is what it is. You got to make the most of it. So we have fun and everything. But I'd say that to say this because there's always something. There's always a big butt coming your way. Shout out to all the b- big butt women out there. Don't know why I played the dolphin sound. Um, so there's the person we work with, right? And these are the kind of people that bother me about things. It, it kind of gets under my skin because I was... He's not even a young guy either. He's 30 years old. So it's not like he grew up in a different generation and they're soft. And I don't want to sound like that guy. But this person thinks everything he has is the worst injury in the world. And he has to go to the doctor for it. And I'm fine. If you're injured, go to the doctor. You know, especially you're in the military. You know, we have doctors. We have free health care. Go to the doctor. My mindset on this whole thing is... I hate, first of all, I hate going to the doctor. I don't know if that's, I'm pretty sure that's an Irish thing. It's an Irish trait. And I'm pretty sure it's a Puerto Rican trait too. So I got double whammied there of never wanting to go to the doctor unless I'm ready to die. Um, but I was also raised to not be a pussy. I think that's what kind of what it is too. Like playing hockey, like you get fucking rocked. You, you, you fall. You know what I mean? You're getting hurt. Your ass is getting back up and you're skating. You know, like it's not, and like, Pretty much ever, and I was always the youngest one. So, like, I'm always, always, I mean, I'm the biggest one now, but I was the youngest one, and you gotta hang with the big boys, you know? You're getting fucking bullied around and shit. Uh, you gotta just get up and keep going. So, I, I hate going to the doctor for, I hate being injured, but I also, whenever I play anything or compete in anything, I'm going 150%. So, I know it's gonna happen eventually. And it obviously happened with my knee and everything. But I hate being injured and I hate talk- doctors telling me to just rest. Like, I, I don't like to rest ever. Like, I need to get up in the morning. I need to go for either a walk or run. And then I need to go to the gym. And then I need to go walk and run after work. I got to be moving around. It helps my mind operate. Um, so I hate going to the doctor because I hate when they say, oh, you need to take four weeks off. You need to rest for two weeks. Here's a bunch of Tylenol and anti-inflammatories. And you're going to feel like shit when you're on them. And you won't be able to lift weight or you won't be able to work out. You know, like it's it's annoying. So I I avoid going to the doctor for hearing, just to hear that. And then another thing going to the doctor is, for me, I feel like that's taking away from work. And I'm again, I'm not like a work-oriented person, but I feel guilty about going because then I feel like I'm leaving my coworkers in the lurch and I'm like letting them down if I go to the doctor. But obviously, if something's wrong and I'm in pain, like my foot is obviously broken, I'm going to go to the doctor. And I was always taught to just fight through things, like I said. So if you couple that, if you put all that together, I hate going to the doctor. I never go. I only go when I'm pretty much forced or if it's that much an emergency. The person in my office that sits next to me, again, he's 30 years old. 
he goes to the doctor for literally everything. And there is an incentive there for, especially if you're in the military. Um, so his whole reasoning is when he gets out of the military, he wants to get his VA benefits. And for those of you that don't know how VA benefits work, whatever injury that occurred while you're in the military, when you get out of the military, they pay you an extra, they pay you extra. And it could be, there's a percentage you get, you get like 10% of your paycheck, 20% up to hundred percent of your paycheck. If the injury is significant enough. So like there's certain injuries that you you want to get and that sounds kind of fucking stupid but if you're going to get injured in the military there's like certain ones you want your back, your head, you want to have anxiety, knees, shoulder, uh like breaking your hand, not a big one. Not it's you're not going to get that much money out of it. Shoulder surgery, probably 20-30% just for that one injury alone. And they they accumulate. So if you have a sh- shoulder, a knee, back, and you suffer anxiety, you're getting like 75% of your paycheck. It's just what it is. Like, you know, like it's one of those things, but it has to happen while you're in. So a lot of people don't know this. They don't really teach it, but they just tell you to go to, if you're sick, go to the doctor. That's what they say. And then when you get out, you're like, oh, I should have reported this, or I should have done that. I should have done this because you're like, oh, I'm not getting the big, I'm not getting a big enough benefit. There was a person in our office before I got there. I took over his position. He got out. Or yeah, he got out of the military. He taught these kids to report literally everything. Like blister, go to the doctor. Your foot is you just have what you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and your neck hurts, go to the doctor. Everything. Li- literally everything. And one of these kids, the kid I'm talking about now, he sits next to me. He took this to the to heart. He believes this everything is the worst injury that's ever happened to a human being. So a good example, you can hear honking in the background, that's Brady playing with one of his toys um one of the things he decides to do we had squadron pt which is just we all work out together last week last monday for the first time we've done it since i've been here but the first time they've done it since the winter and before that they've only done it a handful of times because of covid and all that stuff so this is like the first big event like everyone was expected to be there and if you're not on a profile and a profile is one of these things that blocks you from working out if you're not on a profile, you, you have to participate. Like you have to do it. And part of our job is to stay in shape. So it makes sense. So we all show up and um, all it is is a three mile run. That's all we're doing. Just it's nothing hard. We're going to stretch. We're going to run a three mile run and we're done. So we all do that. And it's easy. I like to run. I can run pretty far. I can run pretty fast, as fast as I can for a bigger guy. And that's that. We get back to the office and this kid's bitching about his shoulder hurting. I'm like, shoulder hurting? What the fuck are you talking about? We didn't do anything on our shoulders. Like, you know what I mean? We went for a run and we stretched. He's like, yeah, we were done running. He goes, and I was like, I was out of breath. So I like, I took a knee and then we were like, oh, get lay on your backs. We have to stretch our legs and we have to do these hip stretches and shit. He goes, and I'm rolling over and like I rolled over on my shoulder and it kind of tweaked. My first thought was stop being a pussy. Second thought, I, so I have to ask him because I'm a supervisor. I'm like, are you okay? You have to go to the doctor? No, I think it'll be all right. But from that point on, I knew he was going to do this because he does this with everything. Every day since then, he complains about it. Oh, I have to make an appointment. I should really make an appointment. My shoulder's still killing me, man. My shoulder's still killing me. He's always complaining about it. So he's going on and he shows me the, he doesn't, this is, I don't know if it's a HIPAA thing or not, but he shows me his it's our page that you could talk to the doctor directly. 
he shows me this and he shows me all the medication he's on and shit. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, I don't know if you need all this stuff. I'm not a doctor, but like, that's a lot of medication to be on at 30 years old. And he's clicking through it and it's like allergies, headaches, um, itchy skin. But like, he's a healthy dude. If you look at him, like he's a healthy person. He's not like he doesn't have eggs or some weird shit going on. And from what I've heard from people that are around or like he goes to the doctor literally, literally for everything because the previous guy was like, you need to go to the doctor no matter what. So he goes to the, if he has a mosquito bite, he'll go to the doctor. It's like, and this is the reason military medicine is always backed up because people like him go in there for the smallest shit. So he is complaining all day today about his shoulder. He's been complaining since last Monday, basically. But um, since Thursday, since Friday is a holiday and we're off on Monday, it's a four day weekend. Usually what we do, most squadrons do is they do like a big PT day or it's a half day and then they make you work out after work so they can be like, oh, have a safe weekend. And it's kind of like the farewell for a four day weekend. So we do that. We get the announcement today. We're going to have a PT day after lunch and we'll get out at like three o'clock. We figured it was going to be like ultimate Frisbee or some crazy shit, but turns out it's the Murph challenge and we're going to get into the Murph challenge right after this. And the Murph challenge is like, I don't know, it's like a hundred pull-ups, 200 squats, 300 push-ups, a mile and a half run. It's you're just burning yourself out. And it's t- I've done it a couple times. It's tough. It's, you know, if you take it, if you actually do it seriously and try to get a good time, it gets tough. So as soon as he sees the email, we're talking about it. And he goes, wait a minute, that's this Thursday. And I was like, yeah, he goes, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not doing it. There's no way I'm doing it. I'm like, are you on a profile? Like, do you have an appointment? And he's like, no, I don't have either of those things, but my shoulder's been hurting. And I'm like, did you make an appointment? Yeah, I made an appointment, but it's for the next week. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but if you're not on a profile and you don't have a doctor's appointment, you still have to show up. Because I already knew his thought process was, I'm just going to leave. And he's like, yeah, but if I can't work out, I'm like, did the doctor say you can't work out? He's like, no, I went to the doctor for my shoulder the day it hurt, and he told me to take to rest. And I'm like, all right, but we're running. Again, we're not using our legs. We're going to run, and you can do squats. He's like, you're going to make me go just to do that? I'm like, I'm not making you do anything. The commander's making you do it. Like, it's not my decision, man. I have to just follow the orders just like you do. And you're not getting out of it. It's a four-day weekend. Like, you haven't been taking your medication because you've told me you don't like your, you don't take it. But my original point is what I'm getting at is I'm not complaining about this. I get it. I'm saying some people are just pussies. They're kind of soft, I said. Like, they're soft-willed. There's no... And I don't want to sound like the tough guy in the room. Like, oh, yeah, you know, like we have to do everything and you have to run on a broken leg and, you know, we're in America and all this shit. Like, no. However, complaining about every little fucking thing... And being like, I can't do it. I tweaked my, I stubbed my toe or, you know, shit like that. It's like, dude, like you're making it, you're making us all look bad right now. Like we look like we work in an air conditioned office. We never have to leave if we don't need to. Like you can literally stay in there all day. We have TVs, we can use our phones. We have a kitchen, like never have to leave if you don't want to. And they're making you work out once a week. And you have to complain about it. You have to be that guy that's like, oh, you know, my shoulder and you know, I'm in pain. And it's like. If you were in that much pain when it first happened, you should have went to the ER. If you're still in pain after two weeks, you should have a doctor's, you should get a waiver, a doctor's note basically saying you can't work out. But to sit there and be like, well, I'm just not going to work out because it doesn't feel good. Like you're being kind of a pussy. And it's not, if it was just this one incident, right? But it's the, the body, it's the body of work. 
that that goes into it. It's everything. And then I find out from his supervisor that this is like ingrained in him. Like he wants to get a maximum VA benefit when he gets out and he's trying to get the maximum and or at least 70%, 80%. He's trying to get the highest number you can. And I get it. But you're complaining about things that don't exist. And it's one of those things you can convince yourself you're sick. Like when you fake school, when you fake being sick to get out of school when you were younger, you have to put the act on like, oh, I'm sick, ma. I don't really feel good. I don't really feel good. And like eventually you won't feel good. And then it wears off and you're like, damn, I really didn't feel good for that, for that half hour I was faking it. Because you could trick your body into believing it. And this is what he does. Like he just convinces himself he's fucking sick and he's injured. And I'm like, bro, you got to get out of that mindset. Like, oh, fuck. I said the word mindset. God damn it. Um, you got to like, you got to, you got to, you can't do that. Like you can't think like that because it's going to fucking, if you believe it, it's going to happen. Like I tell him all that he's like, oh, how do you lift weight all the time? And you go to the gym, like you're never sore. I'm like, no, I'm sore. It's called pushing the fuck through it, man. Like you got to just figure it out. One of our uh, our senior enlisted leader, he's like the highest ranking enlisted person, he's like a chief or a senior master sergeant. He got, he's like, yeah, I run six, seven miles every day. He's like, because I like to eat. He's like in fit. He's like in shape. He goes, I'll eat a whole box of cookies and then run because I have to burn the cookies off. He's like, I just love to eat. And people like ask him. He was telling us all this one day and someone asked him like, you don't get sick? You don't get tired or anything? And he goes, he's like, bro, once you're out there, you just got to figure it out. And I'm like, that's all it is. Like, you can't explain to someone like you need to try harder. Like you, you just need, you got to like, you can't explain that to some people. Like you just need to try harder because like they're already at that point where they're like, I'm trying my hardest and they're not. It's like, bro, you just got to figure it the fuck out. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Figure it out. And it happens... It happened to me actually in the gym today. I'm not talking about the gym. I'm not saying I'm the best workout, but I go to the gym. You could tell. And um, another guy I work with, he's in like the other office, but we're in the same unit basically. He's in there and he's a big dude. And he's like, can you help me? Can you spot me? I'm like, yeah, sure. How many are you going for? He's like five. And he's, you know, it's 275 on the, on the flat bench. He does it. I was like, good shit, man. I'll see you later. He goes, how much are you doing? And I was like, 275. He's like, you need a spot? I was like, no. He's like, you don't need one? I was like, no, because either I get it up or I don't, and I crush my chest. So to me, I was like, that's going to motivate me to push harder because I A, I want to be embarrassed in here. Everyone's going to look over at me. And B, I don't want to be injured. Like I originally said in the beginning, like, I don't want to be injured. <laughs> so I'm going to push this fucking weight off the off my chest. Like I'm going to get it up. And he's like, that's a, he goes, that's fucking wild. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's it's stupid. It's a dumb way to look at it. But if you're standing there and I know you're going to grab it, I won't try as hard. Whereas if I'm doing this on my own and I know there's no one there to help, I have to get it out. Like there's no option. I'm going to push this thing up. And then I go do it. And he watches me. He's like, God damn, man. He's like, I don't know what the hell you're thinking. And I'm like, well, whatever. So I help him out again. I spot him again. I come back to mine. I had three. Now I'm doing 315. And he's like, you're not going to do that alone. I'll spot you. I'm like, dude, don't spot me. Like, you can look from far away. Don't stand over my head. Like, because if you're, again, if you're there, it's going to freak me out. He's like, have you ever done 315? I'm like, I've done it like once. And he's like, you don't keep track of it? I'm like, no, man. I go in the gym and I just push as much weight as I can until I can't. He's like, that's fucking wild. I'm like, you just got to figure it out. Like that, like I was saying, this other guy tells me, like, just, you got to figure it, you got to figure it out. If it's, if it feels light, add more weight. If it feels heavy, take some weight off, you know, and just keep going. It's not like a hard concept. People make this thing like you, know, you have to do five sets of 10 and you have to do this and that. You have to take 30 second rest. It's like, nah, you can do whatever you want. As long as you're getting that feeling that you're working, it's fine. Anyway, but 
I had the same moment this guy was talking about. Like, you just need to figure it the fuck out. Like, it, it, you just kind of tell your brain, like, we're doing this today. And either my body's going to listen or it's not. And sometimes it doesn't listen. Sometimes I push that weight up and I'm like, oh, shit, I won't be able to do this. And I just put it back down. Like, I already know. As soon as I push it the first time, I already know it's not coming back up if I bring it down. The same way if you go for a run. They're like, how come you don't run on the track? I'm like, because if I run through the roads and I get lost, I have to run back. Like, it's a simple concept. Like, you run as far as you can away and you're like, oh, shit, I have to get home. Where the hell am I? I have to run back. I ran four miles away. It means I have to run four miles back now. So that's eight miles. Where if you're running around a track, as soon as you get tired, you can just stop and be like, oh, I'm done. But if you're already far enough away, you're like, either I'm going to walk and it's going to take me longer or I can slow my pace down and jog and continue or continue to run and get back quicker. Either way, I have to get back. So I might as well work out while I'm doing it. It's a crazy thing to think about. But some people don't have that mindset, like the kid that sits next to me, which is my original point. I just went in a huge circle. He doesn't have that. He gets tired. We start running. He gets tired. He stops. It's like, bro, the whole point of running and working out is to push through that resistance layer. Like if everyone stopped at some resistance, nothing would ever get done. You know, like, and I tell him that at work. I was like, it's the same thing with work. Like if you run into one problem, especially working with computers, you run into the first problem, you're like, I'm done. I'm not even not like, no, you can, you try something else or you, you, you keep doing different things until you figure it out, you know? So the people like that, that are, they don't have like the, I don't want to say I have like a great drive or anything, but like the mindset, like I can't do something because it hurts. It's supposed to hurt. Did it break? No. Is it sore? Yeah, that's fine. So this kid's been bitching about his shoulder. He wants to get out of it. And I'm like, you are going to PT on Thursday unless you have a doctor's appointment, not a doctor's note. Because you can get a doctor's note saying he shouldn't work out. There's like, an, there's like a, a copy, like a waiver. It's an official thing saying you cannot work out. Unless you have that or a doctor's appointment, you're going to be out there. And if you don't want to do pull-ups, then don't do pull-ups. You're not letting me down. You're not letting anybody else down. You're letting yourself down. So there's that. But I did mention before we're going to get into something else now. And I mentioned the workout because it ties into what we're going to talk about coming up. So... Michael Murphy, right? This is going to be controversial. Don't fuck with me on this one. Um, little irregularities in the story. <laughs> the official story. So anyone who doesn't know who Michael Murphy is, he's lieutenant. I think he was a lieutenant in the Navy. He was a Navy SEAL. Shout out to the SEALs. You know, they're, they do their thing. Elite level. One of the elite levels of special forces in the military. Navy SEALs are up there. They're probably the most popular. I would still say the Air Force has the best special ops teams. And the reason is because you don't even know their names. And that's the whole point. We can get into that a different time. But the Michael Murphy, he's from Patchogue, my hometown. He was older. Um, Navy SEAL. Got killed in Afghanistan in 2005, I believe. If I, don't, if I have that right. Um, in Afghanistan on an operation called Operation Red Wings. Him and his whole unit, besides Marcus Luttrell, got uh, killed. So the reason Marcus Marcus Luttrell is important in this situation is because he came back and made the book Lone Survivor. And then the book became a movie with Mark Wahlberg, Taylor Kitsch, who's in the movie review we did, Waco. He's the main character in that. He's David Koresh in that movie. I digress. So Marcus Luttrell comes back from this thing, writes a book, gets gets fucking gets some notoriety, 
and book becomes a movie, it's a hit movie. And everyone's like, Michael Murphy, hero, Marco Sotrell, hero. And I get it. They Seals do bad shit. I understand that. Like, they're elite. They're doing things in the front lines we don't know about. I'm not saying Seals are pussies or anything. I'm not here to tell you that. What I'm saying is that some of the, some of the story he tells in Lone Survivor doesn't really add up to the facts. Or there's, I wouldn't say facts, but the facts he presents don't add up to the the facts he presents don't add up to what other people, other accounts of what happened. So he was the only one that survived this thing, right? So it's just his word against whoever wants to question it, which is fine. But right there, if one person in the whole world, this happens on TikTok, you see it, I'm a time traveler. And it's like, I'm the only time traveler. So like, you're not going to believe it because one guy says it. But if that person had like three other people that said, no, he actually is a time traveler. I've seen it. And you're like, oh, wait, this might have some validity now. But if it's one person saying one thing, it's just their account. And if there's no one there to corroborate it, then what's the fucking point? So Marcus Luttrell being the only person that survived this thing is one of the first red flags of it. But, you know, we'll take his word for it. He's a Navy SEAL. He's an honorable guy. And part of it that raises a few red flags is that when they found him in the village that he got rescued in, so... Him and his unit, they're doing recon. They get spotted. Taliban comes up, starts shooting at him. And Michael Murphy, the hero, calls in um, calls in for them to be extracted. But in the while he's doing that, he gets shot and he dies. So that's why he becomes the hero. Because he knew he was going to die doing it, but he was trying to save his people, which is what a leader does. Not saying anything bad, bad about that. I'm not saying bad about anything, but I'm saying some of the story doesn't really add up. So Marcus Luttrell survives this firefight with the Taliban, ends up in this Afghan village, and the Afghan villagers take care of him. It has to do with being a guest. Some of their, one of their, like, culture, part of their culture is that if you're a guest, they have to treat you with, like, dignity and respect, unless, obviously, they're the Taliban, but they have to, they treat you like, they take care of you. It's, like, part of their, it's, like, I wouldn't say, it's not karma, it's a different religion, but, like, it's part of their thing. That they take care of strangers, especially strangers that are in need. So um, he gets taken care of. The American, the American military finds out where he is. They come, they pull him out. He gets debriefed, and he tells them this story. And this is where the facts get a little, little iffy, because according to the Afghan villagers, because they sent, they went and sent other people into these to protect the Afghan villagers now because. The Taliban was like, you helped an American. We have to kill the villagers now. So we established a unit there to protect the villagers and to debrief them as well. We had translators and stuff. And according to the translators, according to the Afghan villagers, uh, Marcus Luttrell had most of his ammo on him. So he went in there with 380 rounds of ammo. It was like 36, 360 rounds, some shit like that. He had like 30 magazines. Of I think it was like 16 rounds of pop. So he had a lot of ammo on him and grenades and stuff. And according to the, the villagers, he had all that ammo still on him. And when they, they found his clothes, like his uniform that was all torn up and stuff from running through the woods, there was no gunpowder on it. And the gunpowder thing at first sounds crazy, but then you think about it like he's running through the woods, there was, he was wet, so like it could have washed off. But I don't think gunpowder really washes off that easy. So there's, they're like, there's no gunpowder. He has all his ammo. And he's the only one that survived. Like, how come the other people didn't follow him along the way? He tells the story that his whole team was injured and they were going to die and they got separated. And 
at that point, it was just he had to survive by himself. But if he didn't fire around and he still had his grenades and he wasn't shot, and it, supposedly the story he tells is that they got surrounded by the Taliban and he just like slipped through and was gone. But meanwhile, his whole team was getting lit up. How come he didn't get shot or at least have bullet holes or anything like significant bullet wounds? I think he did get shot like once or something like, but it wasn't like a debilitating injury. And I'm not saying if I got shot, I would survive too. Like if I got shot, my ass would be dead in a minute. But part of the story that doesn't add up is he still had all his rounds and he didn't have the same injuries that would have happened if he stayed and fought apparently because the other people in his unit were found in the woods. Their bodies were found like stripped down and they had like multiple bullet wounds, like sliced throats. Like, and they were like, how the hell did this guy get out? And no one else did. So when you're doing all the math, you're like, he might have ran off during this whole thing. And I'm not saying he did or didn't. I'm saying that there's people that there's enough evidence to, to suggest he might have just ran off and been like, fuck this. I'm leaving. Like you guys are on your own and just left. But one of the things in the military is, and this happened, this is a military wide thing. Like you don't leave. We call it wingman. They call it their battle buddy. You don't leave anyone behind. You don't leave a man behind or a woman behind ever. It's just, it's not what you do. Even if you're leaving the office for the day, you don't leave one person in there. If someone has to stay late, you stay late. If obviously you're on the battlefield, you don't just leave your buddy there. Like you stay with them as long as you can, either until they're dead and you drag them off or you both die. Like that's just what it is. So they're like, he shouldn't have left just because of that. And if he did run, run off, how early into the fight did he run off? If he still had all his bullets or most of his bullets and they're surrounded by 200 Taliban. So the working theory on this is he run, he saw that on their recon mission that there's like 200 Taliban that they're looking at. They got alerted because they found these goat farmers that alerted the Taliban. And he they had to run up a mountain to get away. And he didn't wait for anybody. He just kept going. So by the time the Taliban surrounded them, he was ready out ahead and he was gone. So like where did this story, where the whole lone survivor story come from, right? So going back to the, the one point where you don't leave anybody behind, he can't come back and say that because he'll never be recognized as a SEAL or he won't, he'll lose all his respect from everybody in the military. Like, yo, you left your people behind, man. Like, you, you don't do that. That's not something you, like, you just don't, no matter what, you don't do it. You go down with the ship. You know what I mean? Like, you don't do that. So if he came back and said, no, I ran off. They were behind me. They're going to be like, you fucking pussy. You know, you disgrace the entire military. You disgrace the SEALs, like the the brotherhood of being in the, a service member, the armed forces, like you fucking spit on it, basically. So he had to tell a story to make sure he didn't get any heat. So he tells this story. A writer comes along and is like, let's fill in some inaccuracies here. Let's fill in some of these gaps. They make it a little more fantastical. Hollywood picks it up, which anyone movies are out of control so they're going to make it seem because they want asses in the seats that pay money so they make it they put their spin on it and then before you know it you're telling the same lie over and over again that you actually believe that's what happened which is not uncommon because that's like a psychological thing if you keep telling the same lie over and over again eventually your body believes your mind believes it so if this guy's whole reputation as a tough guy navy seal is on the line he has to keep telling this lie over and over again, even though there's evidence to suggest that he was lying and that he might not have fought this whole time. Maybe he did fight a little bit and then continued to run. 
we, we don't know. None of us were there. Again, it goes back to the, he's the only person that's left to tell the story. So if he's the only person that's left and he's telling the story and he doesn't want to look bad, he's incentivized right there to tell the story that he wants to tell so he doesn't look bad and doesn't lose the respect of everybody around him. And then you get a writer that fills in the holes, makes it sound more thrilling. Hollywood picks it up. A director picks it up. Hey, we need, we're going to invest $100 million in this script. We need to make $200 million. How do we do that? We tell a better story. We make it seem like this is the most heroic shit ever. Something to think about. I'm not saying that's the case. But there is a case to be made. If I was a lawyer, if there was a lawyer and this was a courtroom, that I think that's enough for the jury to be like, we don't really know about this. There's enough evidence to switch this verdict and be like, maybe he did run. Maybe he didn't. But there's enough there to be like, something else might have happened here. And I'm, I, I'm not shitting on anybody. I'm in the military. I get it. These guys are elite. Elite. Their training is intense. Not as intense as the Air Force. But their training is intense. They go through like years of all this shit. And they always, they're the, they're, there's something, there's a screw loose in there to work like that. But I'm saying objectively, if you see all this evidence, you're like, oh, something doesn't add up. But that's why these movies, there's a couple of them. Lone Survivor, um, Black Hawk Down, American Sniper. Um, what's another one? That's a good one. It's all propaganda, basically. Because why would, why would an American studio not cater to we're the best country in the world and you have to be patriotic like you can't not like those kind of movies that's why like i like them i watch them but they're you can't not like them and they're designed like that like you can't root for the taliban you know what i mean so you can't go into that movie being like i want to see how this plays out i'm gonna pick my i'm gonna pick my team halfway through the movie like you go you know going in it's america versus everybody else are you an American or are you not an American? So right there, you're already like, well, I have to be on this team. So you're already in there. Rah, rah, rah. We're the best country in the world. So it's just these movies are propaganda. That's why I was, whenever someone puts them on, I'm like, do we really need to watch this? Like, we're in the military. We get it. You know, like I'm not saying we're more patriotic than other people, but we don't need the we don't need to buy into the brainwashing that's going on in these movies. I was like, because there's no movie that's going to come out where like, oh, Americans fucking they fucked up like. And the movies that do, like the movies that do show like, hey, yeah, we killed some fucking kids. It's always like a huge scandal that's like behind closed doors and, you know, or it's and the movie doesn't get any kind of credit as like a, as a good movie. It's always heavily criticized. And then that's where everyone's like, oh, well, that's factually inaccurate. But movies like this, they're like, oh, that was accurate as fuck. And it's like, really? It was accurate as fuck. This guy jumped off a cliff, like a 50 foot cliff and then walked five miles to an Afghan village? Like, I don't know if that's true or not. But if if it was flipped and they were like, oh, this person jumped off a cliff five miles, ran to an American embassy and said, hey, we just killed a bunch of kids. That A movie like that is going to get heavily criticized as factually, oh, there's no way he could have jumped off that cliff. So you always got to keep your third eye open, you know? Because the, there's, there's a few of them. I can't name any more than those three right now. But there's a few of those movies where you, you're automatically rooting for the good guy and the good guy is an American in this situation. And you don't see movies like that in Europe. You don't see, <laughs> you definitely don't see movies like that in other countries where they're like, nope, we're going to show this movie and it's going to, it's going to portray America as the best country in the world, no matter what. And we're going to tell this crazy ass story and people are going to love it. They're going to eat it up. They're going to play it on the 4th of July. And we're going to have a wild ass song that goes with it. 
And I'm not saying these people died for no reason. Like if it's like they put their life on the line so I can sit here in my LED lit room on a computer, comfortable, warm, and spout bullshit like this. So just something to keep in mind as you're going about your day. Sorry to bring the mood down, but a couple of things we didn't have time for. Um, we did have a guest booked, but they canceled, so we're not going to get into that. Save that for another time. And uh, yeah, like I said yesterday, or like I said earlier, we're going to upload yesterday's podcast, so it's full. It might be lengthy. I have to cut out some parts that weren't supposed to be recorded, but I was streaming on Twitch at the time, and it captured all of it, so I have to go back in and do that. And then um, we're gonna we're also on Apple, Spotify, um, pretty much every Google Pod or whatever the fuck Google has for podcasts. Um, we're linked pretty much everywhere you get podcasts. So, and then obviously my Substack, my Twitter. My Twitch channel all has it on there. So again, appreciate the ones that listen. I know this is going to be a controversial episode and you fuckers are going to eat me alive because yesterday's complaint was I said, God damn, like three times. Shout out to the critics. But with that being said, we're going to head out of here. Hopefully you guys have a good Memorial Day weekend and we will see you next time.